Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant. You know, it's only the 17th day in history with all four major sports in action. Thanks for kicking it off with SportsCenter. As usual, there's tonight's 6 at 6, including some encouraging recovery news amid this rash of awful injuries across sports lately. All right, we start off with the Dodgers looking to go where they haven't been since 88. Cubs been here before. 5-0 in the elimination game since the start of the last postseason. Four coming by one run, including last night's win. So they get a second crack at claiming the NL pennant tonight against the Cubs with Clayton Kershaw on the hill. He's made one career start when his team has had a chance to clinch a series. That was in 2013 against the Braves. Allowed uh, two runs over six innings. He pitched at Wrigley twice last postseason in one start, seven scoreless. In the second, Cubs knocked him out after he allowed five runs in five innings. That was in game six, and that was the Dodgers' only loss in Kershaw's past seven postseason starts. More recently, and perhaps of more importance, he gave up two earned in five in game one. ESPN MLB analyst Aaron Boone joins me live from Chicago where he'll be on the call of the NLCS game five for ESPN radio tonight. So uh, Aaron, so Kershaw, he's given up five home runs over two outings this postseason, by the way, by the way, you got Brandon Morrow, Kenley Jansen rested, having gotten a night off last night. Still, what kind of pressure is Kershaw feeling tonight as he tries to close out the Cubs and send the Dodgers to their first World Series in 29 years? Well, there's that right there. There's always a little bit of pressure to go out. Plus the the storyline that always follows Clayton as he starts a postseason game. And now a chance to send his team to the World Series. Um, I think different this year, though, Michael, is this is now a championship caliber bullpen. And this is a bullpen that can close you down. And you can't say that in the past with the Los Angeles Dodgers. You can now. And I think in the past... They've extended Kershaw further than he, they would normally like to go with him in that bridge to Kenley Jansen. Now they have a bridge to get it to Kenley. And he's certainly going on regular rest, which always helps. So Javi Baez, he broke out of that 0-for-20 postseason slump with two home runs last night. Uh, but as a whole, the Cubs' offense continues to struggle. Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, no RBIs and 29 combined at-bats. What's going on with the Cubs? Well, one thing, they're up against the Dodgers, who are the best pitching staff by far in the National League from a starting standpoint and from a bullpen standpoint. So they're up against it. And I think against Kershaw, the game plan, because the bullpen is so deep and because there's not that need to get him out of the game, it's not like you want to work his pitch count up. I think they've got to be aggressive early. One thing since Clayton Kershaw's come back off the disabled list that he struggled with a little bit is first pitch damage. He's given up a lot of first pitch home runs, a lot of first pitch hits. I think the Cubs got to go up looking aggressive early and hope they can ambush and run into some balls and score some runs early against the great Kershaw. All right, Aaron Boone on the call for ESPN Radio. Game five tonight. We'll see if the Dodgers punch their ticket to the World Series. Thank you, Aaron. Uh, so Sam Presti, he's already got executive of the year locked up as far as I'm concerned. Thunder, I say the best all season of any team in the NBA, given that they formed their own big three by trading for Paul George and Carmelo Anthony. Certainly credit to the Pacers and Knicks for helping him out. Uh, then to top it off, re-sign Russell Westbrook to a massive extension. Russell Westbrook warming up, reigning MVP. People think he can't follow up last season. I wouldn't bet against him to average a triple-double again. New teammate Carmelo Anthony. Here's Melo's old teammate, Kristaps Porzingis. 
I think we're gonna, you know, realize that as we go forward. You know how much pressure it took out of everybody, and and uh, you know how valuable a player like that actually is. You know, he just draws so much attention. I think I'm gonna feel it as we as the season goes on. But, you know, right now uh, I'm gonna, you know, just play my game, really, and not, you know, not try to force things. Play my game. And, uh, had great experience watching Melo. Uh, you know how he does stuff on and off the court. I think that's you know that's, that's what I'm gonna use going forward. All right, Thunder reporter Royce Young uh, joins us now. Royce, what's Carmelo's mindset tonight preparing to face his former team? You know, he's really loose and he's really relaxed about this, Michael. And one of the things that Melo has talked about is how he feels like this is a chance to close the book, put this chapter to bed and move on with it. And, and that's something that I think he's excited to do. Uh, there was a lot of noise, a lot of nonsense, a lot of anonymous backroom talks going on behind his back in New York. We all know how chaotic and how messy it got with his departure from the Knicks organization. But he's been really relieved once he ended up in Oklahoma City. You know, he's talked about how much fun he's had, how it, the focus has been just on basketball. And for him, not just getting over the, this Knicks thing and putting this behind him, but Melo's talked openly about wanting to win a championship. So this is really the kickoff to that. That's really where Melo's focus is right now. And I think he just wants to get this one out of the way and then look ahead to the next 81 games. Uh, you mentioned uh, messy departures and messy breakups. The Thunder is certainly no stranger to emotional reunions. I'm certainly not saying this is on a on the level of uh, Kevin Durant playing the Thunder, but uh, what are Melo's teammates saying about the importance of this game? That's that's interesting, Michael. Is, you know, Paul George just flat out said it. They want to win this game for Carmelo Anthony, and there's been a lot of talk uh, within the Thunder team that they understand. While Melo has a great relationship with a lot of the the current players on the Knicks. Melo doesn't have a great relationship with a lot of people in the front office and with the organization itself. And the Thunder players have already started kind of talking about how they're going to rally around and they want to make sure that Melo gets plenty of touches. That's never been a problem before that Melo gets his right. touches and his looks. But this Thunder team wants to make sure that they come out, that they play hard. They've got a lot to play for tonight. They're excited regardless of this with the new era of Thunder basketball. But Paul George said it. They definitely want to win this game for Carmelo Anthony because they don't want to make him feel like that they didn't get it done against the Knicks organization. Uh, before I let you go, Royce, make a long story short for me because I was looking on .com and you have a piece up called Why OKC Could Have a Crunch Time Conundrum uh, on Its Hands. Would that have anything to do with the fact that their big three each ranked among the top ten in ISO points last season? I think that was, and I, I'm not good at making a long story short. That's the reason that story was like 1,500 <laughs> words. But anyway, uh, yeah, that's exactly the case. I mean, look at Russell Westbrook. He, I think his usage rate, if I remember right, off the top of my head, was something like 80% in games decided by a possession or less within the final 30 seconds. So Russell Westbrook likes the ball in his hands. Carmelo Anthony likes the ball in his hands. Paul George talked openly during the postseason last year. He wanted the final shot instead of C.J. Miles. So this is going to be a topic of discussion throughout Oklahoma City. All three of those guys are already getting out in front of it. They're talking about how they're going to share. They're going to look for the open man. But we know if this game tonight is close and, and it comes down to a couple final possessions and the Thunder don't, don't succeed – that's going to be what everybody's talking about tomorrow morning. Interesting. And as you know, when Westbrook was off the floor last year during the regular season, they had a scoring margin of a 21-win team. And in the playoffs, it was worse. They got blown away whenever Westbrook went to the bench. So certainly uh, the kind of first world problem that the Thunder was looking to have. Royce Young, we appreciate it. Now for the Knicks side of this reunion, let's take you back down memory lane for some of Carmelo Anthony's highs and lows in a Knicks uniform, mostly low. Now in 2014, he set the franchise in Madison Square Garden record with 62 against the Bobcats. But... To call his tenure in New York mediocre is probably putting it nicely as the Knicks won just under 44% of their games after trading for Melo from the Nuggets. And they only made the postseason twice. Lone playoff series win came in 2013 in the first round. Now, Churchill said, if you're going through hell, keep going. 
Beanie Siegel, though, says, you watch me walk through hell, now watch me walk up out of it. Mello opted for Mac and Pusha T's keep dealing. Uh, Knicks reporter Ian Begley, also in OKC. Ian, that's the start of a new era in Oklahoma City, but it's also the start of a new one in New York. So what kind of impact did Carmelo Anthony leave on the new face of the franchise, Chris Stapps Porzingis? I saw you got an article up on .com calling Melo the teammate of the year last year. <laughs> well, Michael, one thing that uh, Melo did for Chris Stapps is he taught him to block out the noise. That's one of the most important things that the face of this Knicks franchise can do going forward. And as we both know, that's not easy to do in New York. You know, I talked to Chris Stapps about why he voted Carmelo as the Knicks' best teammate last season. And he said Carmelo was really able to block things out. Whatever was going on with Phil Jackson, whatever was going on with management, when Carmelo was in the locker room, he was that same guy day in and day out. He did not let any of that outside stuff impact his attitude towards his teammates. And Chris Stapp said he learned a lesson from that. He learned the lesson of being able to control what you can control and to block the noise out. And so for Porzingis, who's just 22 years old, you know, that's a lesson that's going to be valuable for him going forward here in New York. Control what you can control and block the noise out. Amen. Ian Bailey, thank you very much. We appreciate it. Uh, the next Laker great makes his regular season debut tonight. Kyle Kuzma. I'm sorry, what was that? Oh, wait a minute. That's Lonzo Ball. My bad. I missed the memo that the spotlight was reserved for Lonzo. Forgive me for being caught up in Kuzmania. The second overall pick was drafted to be the franchise's savior to bring Showtime back. All the hype, though, all the bravado from LeVar also has a target on Lonzo's back. When there's young players with, uh, you know, a lot of media and, uh, you know, hype around them, they, they really come after them. Uh, and they they want to set a tone, and he'll see it all year long. I just want to go out there and get a win. You know, first game, you know, we're home, so it's be nice to get a win for the first time. All right, uh, in case you're curious, the record for assists in a career debut is 14. NBA insider Ramona Shelburne here to assist me. Uh, let's start from the Lakers' perspective. How's Lonzo approaching his first game, Ramona? Well, look, Lonzo's kind of a cool cat. Like, you don't really see a lot of emotion out of him, and so he's really kept his routine. I talked to his trainer, Darren Moore. He said last night they went through, they had practice. He came home, he took his nap, and then by 8 o'clock he went back over to the Laker facility, got up some extra shots. Your man Kyle Kuzma was there with him getting up those shots. Then, they, then he took an ice bath, and he went home, and he slept just fine. Um, and this morning, same thing, went to practice, uh, came home, took a nap, and having a subway for lunch before he comes over to the arena. Like, I know the whole world is on his shoulders, but for him, you know, he's, he's pretty kind of he's cool about it. And that's kind of how he's always been and the demeanor you'll see for pretty much his entire NBA career. Uh, speaking of a load on one's shoulders, Blake Griffin, how's he handling his new Ooh. leadership role now that Chris Paul's no longer in L.A.? Well, you know, he's trying, okay? So so I knew Blake when he was a rookie, second-year guy before Chris Paul got there. And he, he was so young that he couldn't be a leader, but he led by example in just the way he worked. Now you're older, you're this is your team. Everybody's here around you. And so Blake has tried. I know he invited all the guys down to San Diego. They had a, a retreat before the, before the season started. In Hawaii, he tried to organize some team activities. I was talking to one Clipper staffer the other day and said, you know, it's not exactly his personality to be like, come on, guys, let's all hang out. But he, you know, he's always been a lead-by-example guy. The guy that actually people gravitate towards on that team is Lou Williams. Like he hmm. has that veteran presence. He's the guy who's kind of been there and been there, done that, seen it all in the league, and he's kind of got that personality. And so Lou Williams, who I think has got a lot of votes for Sixth Man of the Year, should get a lot more this year because he's going to play that Jamal Crawford role for them this season off the bench. All right, Ramona Shelburne. 
from LA. We appreciate it. Do me a favor, Mona. Next time, uh-huh. do your live shot inside. You don't have to I remind know, right? me that you're coming from Southern California. You got the wind blowing in your hair. <laughs> I don't need all that. Okay. I don't, don't want to tell you how hot it is either. It's like 85. <laughs> I mean, I, you Enjoy know, the like game tonight. We'll talk to you later. <laughs> Thanks. Man, all these injuries, I really needed to see this. Decided Teddy Bridgewater on the practice field nearly 14 months after dislocating his left knee and tearing his ACL and other ligaments. He's probably going to remain on the pup list for the next 17 days. Got a 21-day window to determine whether to activate him from the 53-man roster. But he believes he will be able to play at some point this season. Isn't circling a particular date or anything like that. It's just good to see him out there. This guy fought back. With all the people going down, the stars across all sports going down to injury. That's a welcome sight. Teddy Bridgewater back on the football field. I just had to be real with myself and tell myself, hey, you know, it's going to take some grit. You know, you have to grind it out. It's going to be days where, man, I feel like coming to work. But, you know, those those are the days that you make your most progress. I definitely believe I'll play this year. But, um, you know, I can't just sit here and, and say it. You know, I have to continue to put the work in on the field, on the practice field, and show, you know, the training staff or, you know, the higher authority that, you know, eventually I can get back to the player who I was. All right, we're all pulling for you, brother. Huge Thursday night game tonight. Alex Smith currently has the second best MVP odds behind Carson Wentz. And Kansas City coming off their first loss of the season. They won 12 straight divisional games, nine straight road games, and five in a row over the Raiders, outscoring Oakland by 12 points for a game. Now, Marcus Peters, he's an Oakland kid, representing Beast Mode, but he's a Kansas City Chief tonight. So that will be young Amari Cooper arriving for tonight's big game against the Chiefs. Yet to arrive to the 2017 season, quite frankly. Raiders' most targeted receiver with 36 attempts, but only has a 50% reception percentage with one touchdown and four drops. Big fantasy league trade. My trade to Adrian Peterson for him, so we'll see if he breaks out tonight. Since week three, the Raiders' offense has been brutal. Eric Carson has thrown for over 200 in that span. There's more picks and touchdowns. Marshawn Lynch has averaged 3.4 per carry during the Raiders' four-game losing streak after that 2-0 start. Just yesterday, he was dancing, and the Jets were mad at him. And I mentioned Amari Cooper, 51 receiving yards total since week three. And I mentioned four drops matching his 2016 total. Granted, one of those games came with E.J. Manuel. All right, ESPN NFL analyst, three-time Super Bowl champion Teddy Bruschi. is here with me now. Teddy, what's the biggest reason for the Raiders' offensive struggles? They haven't cracked 17 points, I believe, in these last four games. All those problems you just mentioned with the passing game, maybe not with Amari Cooper's drops, but getting the offense going, I think it all starts with the run game. If you get that going, this offensive line was a top five unit last year, in my opinion. Right now, it's I don't pay attention to many stats. I mean, even run yards per game, rush yards per game, pass yards per game, that type of stuff, there are certain situations where defenses give up those type of yards. So it's, it's skewed, but yards before contact per rush. I look at that, and that tells me what kind of holes an offensive line is opening up before that running back hits the hole before he gets touched. Mm -hmm. And they're one of the worst in the league, if not the worst. That's the problem. You watch tonight, the Chiefs, just watch when Marshawn Lynch gets the ball, 
how long it takes him to get contact. Are they in the backfield? Is he getting through the hole at least a half a yard, maybe one yard? That'll be the difference because that's what they have to do. If they keep allowing this penetration, yeah. and beast mode can't get going, the entire offense not, is not going to get going. Right. Because they love Marshawn Lynch there, they want, him, they want to get him going, and if they can't, it just brings the whole offense. Right, you're not staying on schedule. Also help if they got some turnovers, particularly interceptions. Chiefs the only team not to <laughs> throw a pick. Raiders the only team not to record an interception. Right. So far so let's go to the Chiefs side what kind of adjustments do you expect from Andy Reid coming off his first loss of the season on a short week but to Pittsburgh well Bob Sutton the uh, the defensive coordinator mm-hmm. there I mean Le'Veon Bell had his way with them right and they what they did see they bring a safety down and then this used to be Eric Berry but yep. they bring a safety down Daniel Sorensen last week versus versus the Steelers and the Steelers just said all right Six in the box, seven in the box. I see a safety. We're going to run the ball. And Le'Veon Bell was that type of back that just attacked that weakness over and over again. That was a good offensive line. So those Chiefs, I told you they want to get Lynch going. The Chiefs got to bring another man down. I think they got to bring seven in the box, eight in the box to stop Lynch because I think that's what they want to get going. Stop this running game because that's where I think the Chiefs offense is going to be able to score. Yeah. They get that going. They stop that run of Marshawn Lynch. Chiefs will have a good day. You and I go, how, how far we go back, man? About 17 years? 96. No, I, I'm, a, I'm a kid. Like, talk about like 2000, 2001. Like right. 17 years, something like that. When close, I first broke yeah. into business. Yeah. Um, you were pretty good with the media. You are all right. Most of the time. If, if we earned your respect, you were cool. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Now you're a member of the media, which just tickles me to death. But I bring okay. that up because I want to know if this is something or nothing. So we all know what happened with Cam Newton with the reporter from the Charlotte Observer a couple of weeks ago. Right. And until Thursday, he had participated in every required media opportunity in the two weeks since. But the NFL now is looking to why he declined to speak to the media today. Um, and Stephen Drummond, the team spokesman, and Ron Rivera, they, they, they said he didn't give a reason. They didn't even know why. So is this a big deal or not? It could be. I mean, it's if, if Cam's if there's no reason for it and he just decided to skip it. I mean, after what has happened to him in the recent past, like you mentioned, I, I myself would be making every effort to um, get to that podium and, and, and to to I don't know. I, I don't know if he needs to re uh, Re-affiliate his image or anything like that, but still to get out there, get used to being that that Cam Newton everybody yeah. wants to see again because not you're not a linebacker. I was a linebacker. I could go through the back ways of Gillette Don't Stadium, I know it. and I could you could I be in the training room. Yeah, for, I know. I could yeah. miss you for weeks I because I wasn't required to do that every single every single day. Cam, he's the quarterback. Cam. I want you speaking for us because if they don't speak to you, now they're coming to us. Yeah. And now they're asking us, what's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. So now that's another distraction you're putting on me. Just go up there in the podium, take the heat for all of us. Right. If something's not going right and if something's going good, go ahead and take all the, all the credit. We don't mind, but as long as we stay out of it. But if you're not there, right. they come to us. Now we're in it. So making our job harder. Yeah, just go up there and do what you got to do. Yeah, I, I could ask my own question. Anything with Cam is always a bigger deal, right? It can be. Appreciate yes. you, man. Thank you. Good scene. Lonzo's been an incredible young player for us so far. Now the Clarks are under the ball. Throw it down. Lonzo ball. He plays the game unselfishly, and he loves to win. You're able to see just how impressive his passing skills are and just how much of a special talent he is. There's a lot to Ingram, and that's what Lonzo ball does. He's going to make our team so fun and exciting to watch this year. Would you believe it if I told you that only one Laker has ever been Rookie of the Year, and that was Elgin Baylor with the Minneapolis Lakers in 58-59? A lot of people think 
it's Alonzo's time. He may not even be on the, the best rookie on his team this year. That might be Kyle Kuzma. And there's, of course, a guy named Ben Simmons in Philly off to a great start. Uh, Stephen A. Smith coming at you now live from L.A. Uh, uh, is it Stephen A. Smith or Cleveland A. Smith? <laughs> I don't know. I just want to make sure I'm talking to the you right know person. What? You know what? After listening to Jamie Foxx all morning, <laughs> it might be Cleveland. I don't have any idea, man. That was hilarious. Really and if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's all over social media. Good stuff. Uh, so Luke Walton, Stephen A., says that NBA vets are going to go after Alonzo Ball starting tonight with Pat Beverly. Is Alonzo Ball ready? And if not, Stephen A., how ready is Lakers Nation to be patient with his learning curve? Well, he's not ready to answer the immediate question. From a defensive standpoint, Patrick Beverly is the kind of dude that lives to ruin the dude's night. And certainly Lonzo Ball is right for the picking. Offensively, you know, he's limited to some degree. He's got an arsenal, but he's going up against some of the elite offensive players in this game. A lot of them who happen to play the point guard position, the Russell Westbrook, Steph Curry's, CP3s, or James Harden, Damian Lillard, whoever you want to pick. So the Lakers and Laker Nation, to, to answer the question more directly, need to be prepared to be patient. He is a rookie what he needs to do Michael is show his ability to be a floor general passing the ball his vision his basketball IQ you have to look at him and say he's capable of making dudes better if they're not getting it done it's because they don't have the ability not because he doesn't have the ability Mm -hmm. as long as Laker Nation see that I think they'll be just fine all right how you feel about uh, Brandon Ingram's progress and and are you as excited as, as I am about Kyle Kuzma for that matter I'm, I'm excited about Kuzma. I'm not excited about Brandon Ingram. Yeah. They, he comes out of college with a lot of promise. Michael, I don't see it, man. I'm not trying to call him a scrub by any stretch of the imagination. I know he's got some talent, but in terms of what he was projected as being, how they were mentioning him in the same breath as Kevin Durant, I have not seen that dude at all. They talk about how hard he's worked. You listen to Laker Nation and Laker folks with the Lakers organization. He's the first one in in the morning. He's the last one to leave in the evening. He puts in the hours. He works so hard. Michael, I haven't seen him. He doesn't look like he's gained a pound, yeah. okay? He doesn't look like somebody that's put in that work from a physical standpoint. And then when I see his game in preseason, it's looked the same that it did last season. So for me, I'm not t- I'm not trying to wish bad luck on a dude right, or anything right. like that. I just don't see it. But Kuzma's got a chance, though. Oh, yes. Yeah. That's a simple answer. Yeah, he's special. <laughs> I like it. Sometimes you get you get lucky. 27 pick was a throw-in in a Brooke Lopez trade for That's D'Angelo right. Russell. Maybe they hit the jackpot. On the flip side, the Clippers are obviously different, okay, obviously. But in what ways could they actually be better without Chris Paul? Depth. You've got uh, – you know, you've got Patrick Beverly, you got Lou Williams and Sam Deck in the trade. Plus, you got Danilo Gallinari. You retained uh, Blake Griffin, who signed for 171 million dollars. He looks good. You still have DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, he looks good because it's the preseason. <laughs> and he'll look good during a regular season, Michael. Come talk to me about Blake Griffin in the postseason. Mm-hmm. I want to see him healthy and ready to go. Until then, I'm not buying into all of that. Depth is obviously a big deal, but they have to address their culture. CP3, put it in this perspective, Michael. You've got a guy in CP3 who's 32 years of age entering the last year of his deal who walked away from five years in excess of $200 million because he didn't like the culture and he didn't like the coach. That's problematic. That speaks to something very profound. We don't know all the details, but it speaks to something very profound that they have to address. Something's wrong when a brother walks away from $200 million. No question. Something's wrong. Maybe maybe they collectively play with a different kind of chip on their shoulder this year. You left out one name, Milos Teodosic, who might be the best point guard on the floor tonight, the way he was passing the ball uh, throughout the summer. But can he defend? No question. can he defend? That's what this league is all about. Appreciate the knowledge, Stephen A. Thanks a lot. Enjoy yeah. it. Stop doing them live shots from L.A., man. You're making me jealous. <laughs> Friday on ESPN, we got an NBA doubleheader to tip off the weekend. Cavs, Bucks 
at 7 Eastern. And then Warriors-Pelicans at 9.30 Eastern. Both games also streaming live on the ESPN app. Speaking of the Cavs, here's LeBron. I don't remember the last time I was 100%. I, can't, I don't think I can get back to 100%. 15 years in, there's no 100%. Uh, I'm ready to go, though. I'll be ready to go tomorrow. The ankle and the foot injury just kind of sent me out. It sent me back, um, you know, further than I would like. And, but, um, you know, I got some time now. Um, along the course of these games that we got, we got uh, two back-to-backs coming up, so that's going to help. And, uh, you know, we have some opportunity to get some practice time in as well. All right, Khalil Mack, he's in shape. He is ready to wreck Kansas City's offense in this losing streak against the Chiefs and for the Raiders. And also in the Chiefs' 12-game AFC West winning streak. Here's Mark Schwartz inside the matchup. Michael, the Raiders' season is on the line tonight, and no one wants a win more than receiver Amari Cooper. The two-time pro bowler has struggled mightily thus far this season. He's dropped the ball more times than he can remember. He's had three single-digit yardage games. I talked to Cooper on the phone this week. He says he's running before he can catch the ball. He has to look the ball all the way through and focus on the small details. I asked him if he's still confident. He said, always, you don't get this far as a football player without being confident he said i always expect to have a big game kansas city features the top running back in the nfl this season kareem hunt the only player in league history to get a hundred scrimmage yards in his first six games as an nfl player mike all right memphis and houston coming up at 80 soon on espn my man andre ware will be on the call for that game which we'll get to in a moment but i need you to make this call right now mr 1989 heisman trophy winner you have a vote if you had to call it right now who's the front runner pun intended between saquon barkley and bryce love well you didn't waste any time putting me on the hot seat did you um I would say Bryce Love because I didn't think there would be a day uh, that I would see anyone threaten what Barry Sanders did in a single season. Not from an all-purpose standpoint, all-total all yard standpoint. I'm talking just rushing yards. And what this young man is doing is just flat-out phenomenal. And if he can keep it up at this pace, I think he may end up running running away with this thing. All right, and certainly Saquon Barkley has an opportunity to maybe change his mind. He's got that Michigan defense Saturday whereas uh, Love has a bye, Stanford has a bye. So let's get to the game you're calling tonight. Uh, you got Memphis at Houston, 25th ranked Memphis, I beg your pardon. Last year, 48-44, Raleigh Ferguson uh, threw four touchdowns, went you know blow for blow with Greg Ward Jr. Uh, he's got 1,800 yards, 19 touchdowns, five interceptions so far. Why should people be paying more attention to this kid and what makes him special, besides the fact that it's on our air tonight at 8 Eastern on ESPN? Yeah, he is a terrific passer of the football, Mike. You know, a guy that's one one of the numbers you talked about, only five interceptions. He, he takes care of the ball. He knows this system inside and out, and he distributes it in a way that keeps the defense basically off balance. He's got a big frame, big-time arm. He, he After tonight, a lot of people around the country is going to know exactly who Riley Ferguson is. He plays uh, in, in big games. That's when he seems to play his best. Earlier in the year against UCLA, they were ranked 25th. He pulled off that upset. Last week against Navy, they were ranked 25th in the nation, and he pulled off that upset. Tonight, a big game on national TV, on the national stage. I would expect him to to, uh, to play about as similar as, as he has in the other two. Well, if Ferguson has Andre Ware's stamp of approval, I'm believing. If you still have doubts, you can watch him tonight. 8 Eastern ESPN against Houston. Andre Ware will be on the call 
Unbiased, of course. I know you ain't rooting for Houston, but, you know, just <laughs> no doubt, <laughs> they no not have the trophy Down winner, the middle in this one, man. I hear you. Appreciate the knowledge. <laughs> All right, Russell Westbrook getting set to go against the New York Knicks. The New Look Thunder featuring former Nick Carmelo Anthony. Haven't seen him yet. God, I wish Melo could ball in a, a hoodie tonight, but I think that's against the rules. Nice step back, Russ. I'm not underestimating his ability to average a triple-double again this year. Yeah, I said it. Might go back-to-back -back MVP, even with the talent that he's got surrounding him. Might just bring the best out of him. Nobody better than the undefeated Mark Spears, who joins us now from L.A. Now, you're covering the Lakers and the Clippers, but let's start by talking about Carmelo. Because you know him, you covered him when he was with the Nuggets, so you go way back with Melo. Four-row Melo. Exactly. How will he define success this year in OKC. Might be his only year in OKC, yeah. depending. Well, playoffs is something he hasn't tasted in a while, but for him, it has to be championship. I mean, you have three all-stars on this team. This team is pretty special. Um, I, I think it has to be championship or bust. And with the championship or, or a Western Conference berth, perhaps this team stands together longer. Uh, without that, you know, Paul George probably is attracted to going somewhere else. Uh, but you know, Melo's now uh, in a situation where he says he's out of hell, which he described being in New York. And uh, I, I kind of wish this game was New York instead. I think there'd be a lot more emotion tonight. But yeah. he, he's, he's not in hell anymore. He's definitely in heaven when he could talk about a possible championship in Oklahoma City. And certainly each of these guys, you know, with lots individually to prove. And they, and they realize that they've all been the man and had their fair share of criticism. Russell Westbrook, can he make people better? Melo, you know, is, is he the type of guy that can share the ball? Olympic medal, hoodie medal, all that kind of stuff. So Let him wear the hoodie. Let's, let's let him. <laughs> Take the fine. It, it just, Take it just, the fine. It just feels like all three of them, even if it's just for one year. Who's like, going to tell him anything? It feels like this could come together quickly is what I'm getting at, even if it's yeah. just for one year because they're all, you know, they all, they all incentivize to share the ball and bring out the best in one another is what I'm getting at. Well, Mike, I, I will say on that, I, I covered the Celtics and in, in, 2007 08 right. when they won a championship. Paul Pierce and Garnett and them came it, together. It, it took a while. It took a while. And I remember Ray Allen saying it took to about March for them to be on the same page. So I, I don't expect these guys to jump out of it quickly. I'm sure they'll have some growing pains, but by the playoffs, I expect them to be pretty special. Well, I remember that Celtics team too, and they might not have been on the same page immediately, but they were in the same book because they won a lot of games no, no, out they the won gate. A That's lot of games. <laughs> exactly. They tricked uh, me. Exactly. I they were on the page early. Uh, to the Lakers, uh, so much buzz, obviously, about Lonzo Ball. You're in LA tonight. You watched him play in high school, so do you expect him to live up to the hype starting tonight, or will that take a while well, as well? I, I think there's a, a, a ability to definitely at least do it in game one. He's playing against Milos and Pat, not Stefan or CP or Russ. Um, that's not to say that Patrick Beverly is not going to be in his jock, but I do think there's an environment tonight to allow him to be successful. You know, just a couple hours before, the Dodgers are going to be trying to make it back to the World Series for the first time in 30 years. And last time I talked to Magic, he mentioned a former Dodger, Fernando Valenzuela. This might have been before your time. No, uh, right Fernando. I remember okay, Fernando Mania. <laughs> you, oh, you do remember yeah. that. Okay, oh, okay, no. well. He acknowledged that this could be like Fernando Mania if he takes off. I just don't know that this kid has a supporting cast to take off how he wants it. And, you know, the Western Conference is tough. But when the Russes and the Stephs right. and the CPs come to town, that's when we'll see what this kid really has early. All right, hey, we run out of time. But real quick, uh, you just debuted the Vince Carter Diary, Chapter 20. Yeah. That's on undefeated.com. You can check that out now online. Undefeated.com, self-explanatory. Uh, how is Vince approaching season 20, Mark Spears? 
Very humble. Um, he says that he might play past this season, but the way he's talking and, and read the diary, it, it, it sounds like this certainly could be his last. He really enjoyed text messages he got from team, uh, teammates, uh, old friends and stuff about this being his 20th season. He's like the uncle, the old dad in the locker room. He's twice as old as a lot of his teammates. They actually had something on a jumbotron last night. Is Vince older than this? So <laughs> he's having fun with it. He's enjoying it, but he's not chasing a ring. He wants to play, and he's certainly going to play a lot with the Sacramento Kings. All right, man. Always good to talk to you. Appreciate the knowledge. Always Mark Spears is an undefeated, one of the best in the business, and a good dude on top of it. Thank you, man. Appreciate you. Thanks, bro. Meanwhile, Iger today is cool. To me, he's been nothing but a, a mentor and a friend. And he understands how important basketball is to me. You know, and he understands how important my family is to me. So anytime you can seek out somebody like that that's had to make tough decisions, can't put a price on it. There aren't many teams you'll right. play for. So what are the real options? It's here. And here, you can get a five-year deal. Five-year deal, 205. They, yes, thanks to you. So, and that's the funniest part to me is like everybody's like, oh, he's definitely staying because he orchestrated this deal to make sure that he could. No, I didn't. Orchestrated the deal so us players could. Correct. Well, that was a ridiculous price. Right. San Antonio, Houston, and Boston. So, going to the Spurs, do you know what the biggest wild card is? Greg Popovich. Some people think that he may have what is it, a year or two left. Hmm. So that's not the Spurs without no. Larry Popovich. The Boston would be interesting. <laughs> I wouldn't count them out. I mean, they made it to the Eastern Conference Final, and they got the number one pick. I was like, it would actually be kind of dumb for them to pay me $35 million. I don't know. You know what I mean? So I was like, they won't hurt my feelings, but at least they need to let me know if they're even interested. In Houston? So Houston, they actually probably at the top right now. Me and James texted two days ago. I'm going to try to meet up with him maybe later tonight or tomorrow. What's he like? What's James? <clears throat> James, he live in a gym, but he young, single, rich NBA player. <laughs> but one thing I know he loved is he loved the hoop. So I want to come back to the Clippers. How hard are they working to give you? As much as we talk, what do you think the biggest thing is hurting the Clippers? The culture. You know what I was talking about? Like the culture of our team. And I've never seen him so frustrated basketball-wise. Yeah. I, I guess because I know different before I got out here. Like when I was in New Orleans, we did stuff together. You know, and that, that stuff like means something. As a team. As a team. Like we did stuff together. So when I brought that up, you know, guys was like, do we got to go? And I'm looking like, do you got to go? So what's the big <clears throat> differentiator? The team? And it's a combination of team and the culture. Only thing that could keep me here would be life. Like Jado said the other day, this is the first time we've ever been, like, settled. If you put family before everything, it would be here. Man. And if you put basketball before everything, it won't be, it will not be, this would be fourth. Then it's all a question of what team offers the right combination.
That's going to be good. And I ain't just saying that because it's coming up on ESPN after us. Chris Paul, Chapter 3. I need you to get healthy, man. Rockets 2-0. But in the meantime, check out Chris Paul, Chapter 3, coming up next on ESPN. All right. Look, I don't know. I can't dunk to begin with. But if I could, I'm not sure I'd dunk over my mom. That's Kerwin Roach from Texas. He pulled it off, and she tweeted, or he tweeted, if he messed up her head, he'd be grounded for a month. That's real. There it is, right there. All right, what that number three is I'm saying, and you can, we can run this back at the end of the season, that this season, at the end of this season, Greek Freak will, be will vault into that conversation into the among five. the best handful of players in the NBA. Ah! <sighs> yeah. I, I think I might have hurt my arm patting myself on the back after Greek Freak went for 37 and 13 and Brad Stevens talked about they look like an MVP candidate. This after Kevin Durant said he could be the GOAT, so yeah. One game, but never miss an opportunity to say I told you so. Speaking of which, well, they didn't win, but they looked damn good in defeat. Had their chances, two turnovers on a stretch. Big ups to John Wall and the Wizards. Emphasis on up. They deserved it, but Ben Simmons said it felt like he was playing 2K, as in it was easy. He and Joel Embiid both had double-doubles. Covington had 29 Sixers on their way. So is Swiper the Fox, De'Aaron Fox, man. Y'all see him last night? 7 of 15 in 24 minutes, 5 assists, 4 rebounds. They lost to the Rockets, 2-0, but we're talking about debuts with Alonzo Ball doing his thing tonight. Tough act to follow with his quote-unquote rival, De'Aaron Fox, showing out in the first game. Uh, the Suns did not show up. Worst loss in franchise history, losing about 48, but like a synchronized swim team right there on that fast break. I don't even know how it finished, but they all, there you go. Now they can just kind of work in concert more often. Maybe they can lose by 30. Nike honoring the Patriots. Super Bowl 51 comeback Air Force Ones made from game used balls. And Gillette Stadium will showcase the sneakers during Sunday's Super Bowl rematch with the Falcons as if they needed an excuse to remind the Falcons of 28 to 3. That's it for the six.